Facebook Live edition. And I have it recorded right there. I'm watching it, so we're good. You know, we'll see how we go. Well, listen, so, how many recording buttons do you have to push to get this thing going? Well, we're finding out on this Mac. <laughs> well, Mac is, yes, it's like the computer, probably the cool people computer to buy. It has its flaws. Like, yeah. you can't. I can't hook your microphone up into this. Well, thing. you know, we we outclassed uh, headphone jacks. Those things are so five years ago. Yeah, they don't uh, look cool. Right, and so and we don't have a lightning to headphone converter or any sort of converter, uh, and my microphone's weird. So oh well, whatever. We'll do our best. Yeah. So, man, uh, lots lots going on still with the coronavirus. Yeah. We have a lot of topics we want to talk about in regards to the economy. Yep. And um, it was interesting, though, that really has been the kind of the turn as states have opened up a little bit. Um, I've been reading the Wall Street Journal, a lot more articles on economics and business, uh, how much money the government should give out in stimulus money. You yeah. know, that's another, I think, is it $3 trillion they're wanting to give away uh, or give away or give out to people. Uh, I think it hit a few roadblocks uh, the last few days when that passed in the Senate. So. Um, so that's been a big issue. How much the government should be giving out to states, uh, businesses, and individuals? And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Right, and this is um, one of those issues that is both large scale and small scale. Uh, I have friends who have lost jobs because of this. Uh, every sector has been affected. And it's just important to take a look at what this looks like long term which is what we're gonna to attempt to do. Uh, neither of us are trained economists, but you know we know people with jobs, so, and it's important uh, in these times, you gotta know something about what you're stepping in because there's a lot of economics happening every day mm -hmm. on the large scale and small scale. Yeah, and not to, not to say we're gonna talk a lot about this, but I had a conversation uh, yesterday with a, a guy who goes to our church here. He works at the Y, and I was asking him questions about you know, do you, did y'all, you know, a lot of people drop their membership. Like, we're members. Like, right, member yeah, I'm well. a member. Mm -hmm. uh, and you kept your membership. Right. And we kept our membership, and uh, they said a lot of people have cut their membership. Uh, I can't remember the percentage. I don't know if it was 20, 30 percent, which is a, probably a big number for somebody like the Y. They're right. probably not making a lot of money. Right. Um, and, and so you wonder six months, a year out, what businesses are, and, and institutions will be closing because of this pandemic. Well, and this is the issue during this, is um, two months of closure. Uh, we have trained the average American well that, you know, you ought to get what you pay for, and if you're not getting anything, then you probably shouldn't be paying for it. And um, I have uh, received the emails just like you have from the Y about, you know, like, hey, we're going to refund uh, a month here. We appreciate it if this month, though, you keep your membership. Right. We're trying to you know, uh, make ends meet here. And it's like, yeah, this is the issue. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's trying to make ends meet and nobody, uh, other than a couple of winners that we will outline here today, uh, nobody has been gaining uh, much here. Everybody's been losing, so everybody's been kind of putting out the word going, hey, you know, if you'd like to help us out at all, we'd really appreciate it, uh, yeah. you know, but it's kind of hard to do in this time. Yeah. Not too many of us with budget surplus. Well, you're wondering if people have to, they have to, people make decisions buying things and probably cutting things and thinking the long-term effects of, well, if I cut my Y membership and he cuts his Y membership right. and she cuts her Y membership, there won't be any Y to go to, right? right. And, or there won't be right. anything to go to. Right. Everything will be closed. You're like, well, 
What? I closed. Yep. Well, it's because if people continue to make decisions like like that, these kind of short-term mm -hmm. kind of window decisions, and not thinking kind of the long-term with this. Uh, and now some people have to because their budgets are being cut, but some people just make, well, I'm not using it. I might as well cut it. Right. It's like, well, you will eventually use it again. Yep. Don't make quick decisions. And even if like, well, I'll pick it back up after this all, well, they'll be out of business. Right, yeah. And, and it's will been, be to go back to. Uh, it's been, you know, probably easier for me than some because um, I'm a full-time minister and the church has not cut my pay at all. And so yeah. I don't have a reason to, um, in the long term, cut things like a Y membership uh, because I intend to go back uh and somebody who has a health concern, you know, if you're 70 years old, and, and there are plenty of, even though it's a young men's Christian association, there are plenty of people, while we're talking about the Y, plenty of uh, older uh, folks who have memberships at the Y. And, and, and I would probably, if I were 70, cut my membership because I'm not going to go there for the foreseeable future. Right. Uh, it's just not worth it uh, yeah. for, for, I would say, some of those folks. Um, so, before we started, I didn't know this, but you're also a, a beloved fan of Peggy Newman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I read her uh, Saturday um, article in the Wall Street Journal every week. Mm -hmm. I look forward to it. Uh, she's a great writer. She wrote, she was a speechwriter for Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. You know, some of those great, you know, City on the Hill. Right. That's all from her. Most all likely. Peggy Noonan, huh? Peggy Noonan. All right. Yeah, we wonder if Reagan had a little, little, little You'd like to think, there, but who knows? But maybe <laughs> it came from her. Based off reading her articles, you wouldn't be surprised if it right. came from her. But uh, she's also, I think, a, very, a common guest on the, not Meet the Press, but uh, Face the Nation on CBS. Okay. She's always kind of been a, a face on there as well on the, on the Sunday morning shows. But since we're pastors and we don't get to watch the Sunday morning political right. shows all that right. much. Um, but uh, so her article, which is an interesting topic because um, I've been talking about this with a few other people. My parents were in town and we talked about this a few different times when we were catching up and talking about the coronavirus, is the class struggle. Yes. Um, she wrote an article called Scenes from the Class Struggle in Lockdown. And uh, then I sent this to you uh, today, I believe. Um, thoughts about what she's talking about or the issue of the topic of this class struggle is right. really what's really kind of going on. So I I appreciate uh, articles like this because growing up in a small town in southern Illinois, I really uh, have felt that the class difference in this country has been downplayed um, for much of my lifetime and and also the other thing that's nice uh for me is that really um my hometown a small coal mining uh town in southern illinois really didn't have uh, a lot of class divide in terms of uh, socially there are people related to each other it didn't make a big difference if you know i knew the people who were the wealthiest in the community and and you know their kids went to public school there's not a lot of differences in terms of how people are treated like even some of the things i've seen here as i've lived in evansville um, but there are differences in the way your life will turn out uh, whether you are blue collar, white collar, um, and especially what she points out is that your opinion on this lockdown is going to be completely different if you can work from home mm -hmm. and you have a white collar uh, sort of job, you have health care, mm -hmm. uh, you 
have savings. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe one of you work, because if the husband and wife, maybe the, husband, the wife stays at home and the husband's working. Yeah. And so there's just uh, a totally different right. mindset here in, in between lower class and Right. I mean, in, in my hometown, uh, labor means physical labor, m- manual labor. And, and so as a result, work generally means uh, physical labor. You know, uh, you work for the highway department and you, you know, run a backhoe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they like, so that the, the norm is working with your hands and then there are the oddities, you know, people who have a desk job. Um, and so I enjoy reading about this just because um, it does explain a lot of differences. You know, for instance, this lockdown has meant one thing if you uh, are able to do your job from home on a computer versus if you work for a high, highway department or for a small business, you know, you run a pool service or, or you know. Um, that is going to influence the way you view all of this. And especially this period we're in now where certain states like ours are in the in, well in process of opening back up. Uh, meanwhile, a neighboring state, which is a half hour away, like Illinois, it is still closed and is now beginning to talk about opening up and processes uh, for that, and, and you know, then you also have Kentucky, who is a little lagging behind. Um, but that is going to play into mm-hmm. how you view this whole scenario. If mm-hmm. if you are living paycheck to paycheck, um, and then also if your job requires you to do something physically, well, then you have one pos- position on this out of life's necessity. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, there's the story of the hairdresser in Texas who went ahead and went back to work mm-hmm. and uh, was arrested for it. She said, you know, look, I, I'm going to feed my family. This yeah. is what I, what this I is my choice. Yeah. Uh, I, that's what I want to do. I want to take care and, uh, and feed my family. And my choice was either to, to brave the danger of coming to work or to, to not. Yeah. And lest, uh, I, I am a person who, who says you got to take responsibility for your actions. And so if you had no rainy day fund, that's a concern. But here's the thing about the average working class person uh, right now. It is, uh, a, that subscription to Netflix is not the thing that's going to break your bank. Um, any sort of, uh, you got to realize what an emergency room visit does to someone who is working class. You know, $8,000 is brutal Mm -hmm. when you are making $30,000 a year uh, and and paid hourly, you know, that's, and so if if you have no healthcare coverage through your work or or poor uh, coverage, that is just, you know, people who can't pay their deductible are in a bad spot. And so this is why a lot of times um, that, that that issue where, yes, people want to live within their means, but the problem is certain systems in our country are not functioning very well. And so it's not the Netflix subscription that's really uh, breaking right. your bank. It's right. that you can't afford to go to the doctor right. for anything. Right. 
Um, and so there, there are big issues at stake here. Uh, and, and I see, I, I appreciate it very much, uh, her writing about uh, this issue, um, because I think the strongest sentence in the pair, in, in her article was, there's a growing sense that we're going to have to live with this thing. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is very resonant with me, and I, I, would, I would guess resonant, uh, it should resonate with all of us at this point, because we are moving toward a time where we're like, okay, we're gonna have to get back out there yeah. in some way, where, wherever you are in the country. Yeah. And I think there's a, a massive disconnect. Even like, you know, when she mentions the governor of, Mich of, of Michigan and she's calling the anti-lockdown administrators racist and misogynist, I think there's a, and others within like kind of the white collar, you know, those who who grew up, they went to college, they, they got a, a job like in a corporation or, or a law firm or a, wherever, and they're so disconnected from the hourly waged demographic of our country, right? right. And they think, because they have all their friends and all the people they interact with are kind of the same yep. kind of class and, and where they work. And so they're like, I can't believe like people are wanting to go back to work, like just work at home. They're like, well, you may be able to work on your right. computer, but um, they may not be able, their job may not allow them to work on our computer, right. or maybe they don't have space, maybe they don't have internet connection. Right. It's not like every American has internet connection, right? right? There's this thought that everyone has the same kind of living apparatus and right. it's not that's not the truth i think we are so we all kind of live in our own little bubble and we inter intend to have friends interact yes. with people we even go to church with people kind right. of in the same bubble oh yeah period. sure and so when we talk about people's struggles it's kind of a one-on-one -on -one kind of yeah, yeah yeah i understand what you're saying but then there's another group of people who are like what do you mean you like you can just work on your computer like you just have meetings online like i, I can't do that. I, I have to be there. I have to work hour. It's just like, and I think there's people making decisions are people who, or even in the medical and the healthcare world, are not connecting right. with right. the Americans that live paycheck to paycheck, right? right? And, and so when they're saying, just stay at home, be safe, they're saying, uh, I can't just stay at home and be safe because I don't have any money. I, I mean, the, my landlord is going to take my apartment away from me, or my landlord is going to like evict me from my my rental house, or right. I'll be able to pay my mortgage, or put food on the table. It's not that simple. And and some people would rather go. Well, I'd rather risking COVID and working right. than just staying home and being safe, right? Yeah. And so, I think. I think there's just a, a huge misconnection here. And that's why this governor of Michigan is just like, well, if you're an anti-lockdown, you must be like a purely, it's all political. It's purely like, it's a Trump pro-Trump aspect and an anti-Democrat aspect. When for some, it's like, no, 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 no. Like, I need to get back to work. Yeah, yeah, and so I think one thing we will learn walking away from this is that, uh, so this, this was not precedented as far as any sort of uh, modern times and, and having to lock the country down or to or issue these stay-at-home orders yeah. but uh, it, my sense from the start has been two weeks of this is a major strain now that we are at the two-month mark yeah. uh, that is an incredible strain on someone who lives a working class lifestyle um, you know my my dad Paint was a painter, uh, did drywall. My, my grandpa was a bricklayer. Any of these laborer kinds of jobs, you earn a decent hourly wage, but it's all about output. It's all yeah. about yeah. showing up, 
putting in the full day's work and then uh, being paid for that. And it is, it is one thing to, to take off two weeks, uh, but when you get, this is the danger, when you get to around this two month mark, and then you continue to say to people, we're like, well, we're gonna figure it out. Just, just hold on, we'll just see what we can do here. Uh, you just, you just mm -hmm. keep waiting. Um, that's not gonna work. I, I, I was concerned after a couple weeks, and I saw this was gonna last longer than just those couple weeks that uh, crime would increase more than it has right. because people get desperate pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this uh, stimulus package we've already uh, seen has helped with some of that, that uh, people saw like, well, there is some income. Mm -hmm. um, but where we are now is that this, the economy is not going to instantly recover. Uh, once, even if every governor in the United States of America were to come out today and say, we're going full bore, we're open, everybody's open. Uh, no, there's so many sectors of the economy that would go, uh, because of, uh, because you're, you're dependent on people wanting to go to a movie theater. Well, they're not gonna quickly come back to life. Now, a lot of these physical labor jobs, you know, look, people are gonna want houses built and, and right. some of these things will come back right. very quickly, but uh, as we lag on, you, you see the other side uh, of, of why, the, why we do have to live yeah. now in this new light because uh, mental health has to be a concern and physical health. Uh, this has, I have talked to many people who have said I've gained weight through these last two months. I've been sitting around my house. Uh, for whatever reason, I, I don't feel like I've been eating more, but I, I'm around my house and I seem to be taking in more calories and I've certainly gained weight. And you know, look, stress causes weight gain and stuff too. And the number one killer in our country is heart disease. Uh, and so it's all related to obesity and the fact that, look, we don't eat good meals. I mean, right. you know, right. everywhere you go, they're giving you twice the portion mm -hmm. uh, that you need. And so uh, I, I do agree with, with that statement. We do have to now begin uh, and continue to think about how to live with this. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's not impossible. There are there have always been dangerous things, uh, diseases and, and viruses that that exist and that we face, and we live in that light. Um, but this class concern uh, was helpful to look at, and and, and it's a simple fact. Uh, it, I, I wonder very much about. I mean, if you're writing an article for any major newspaper and you're of the opinion class, then you're doing well. Yeah. You know, and so for her to say, you know, the overclass have education and means and and options and options and, options and they are huge making yes. they are making the policy yes. that yes. that the underclass have right. to live with. Right. And that's true. I mean, that's just yeah. that's just the way it is. And I think there's an article a little bit later. Uh, that we're going to talk about that um, and you have it on here and I think it's a fascinating comment about this about how many people have been impacted by this and what segments mm -hmm. has yes. really been hit by this and the numbers are it's it's, it's mind-blowing it um, and I think you know when you take a few I, I mentioned this we were going running on I think it was Wednesday and I mentioned that like the city of Bristol in Tennessee Virginia the city is separate in yeah. two different states right 
you can go on one side and be in Tennessee, and on the other side of the street, you can be in, in Virginia. Yeah. Virginia is more closed down. Tennessee's open. <laughs> you literally can have a you can work at a McDonald's on one side of the say, and the other side of the city. I mean, yeah. and be in Virginia or Tennessee, and you can be impacted by this. Right. And I think that right there is the frustration here, right? If you're you're in Michigan, right, and you live in Michigan, but you know, like, you have a brother or a cousin who lives in Indiana. Right. They're working. You're yeah. not working. Like, right. That that's where I think people are getting aggravated. Right. It's like where you live, uh, whoever your governor is, is really kind of driving this, and people don't feel like they're kind of masters of their own domain. Yeah. And if the chances of them, not only their bank accounts are going lower, but also the chance that they lose their home and their car, yeah. other other I means being like fifty kids, as a man. I'd be wanting to kind of like, you know, kind of take action, right? Yeah. And say, you're not listening to what's going on on the streets. And so I'm going to go move to Indiana because my, my cousin can find me a job down there. I, I have no hope here. Right. And it'll be interesting what kind of happens as people start making making decisions about how it'll affect their family. Right. You could see people moving out of these blue blue states that have been a lot, lot stronger on their lockdown procedures yeah. than other states and yeah. go, hey, who cares if it's more open in Tennessee? Yeah, we may get COVID, but at least we can work. Right. So. You know, and this has been challenging. I mean, I listened uh, to some people talk yesterday about how New York's response, New York City's response may have been late. And New York continues to be the epicenter in this country. I oh, yeah. mean, New York has hit so much harder than any it's other really, place. It's really kind of been a New York... Right. Pandemic, really. and, and, yeah, and basically, New York scared the rest of the country, right. and and we even at this moment we have no idea why. Uh, you know, the statistic I heard was twenty thousand uh, deaths related to COVID nineteen, and and uh, and yes, so as as people have said, and, I, and I, my understanding this is true that uh, they they have counted these broadly. Anybody who has the COVID nineteen virus and dies is considered a COVID nineteen death. Right. But look. 20,000 in New York City and and then California uh, also took some measures and was a major concern. But in a city like San Francisco, there were 37 deaths. That's crazy. 20,000 in New York City versus 37 in San Francisco. And it, and it makes me go like, yeah, we've been wondering in, in Evansville for the last two months, like, why are there almost no cases here? Um, because this thing was rumored to how spread so cases, quickly. Like, how many cases have there been in Vanderbilt County? Is it less than 100? Oh, I think so, because yeah. the deaths are, you know, something like two, I believe. Uh, in, in Warwick County, where Newburgh is, there are something like uh, 40 or 50, I believe, deaths, because especially there's a one nursing home that really got hit hard. Um, and, and so there's so much here to explain, and we don't understand. The number one question that I understand is we don't know why it hit New York so hard, right. so much harder than anywhere else. Uh, can't explain it yeah. right now, and uh, hard to make any judgments when we don't know right. that that question because New York has suffered yeah. very much. Right. Um, I, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I noticed you have on here talk a little bit about the government as the as the major. Uh, the major employer, really. If, you, sure. if you're getting, if you're on employment and you're getting money from the state or from the federal government, but most state unemployment money probably is coming from the federal government. You're kind of a federal government employer right now, right? right. You're, you're dependent on them, um, and it seems like the government is going to pass another three trillion dollars or so mm -hmm. uh, stimulus plan. 
from what I'm hearing, some are arguing we should just continue this kind of rounds of round two, round three, round four, round five, a stimulus money to kind of, in a sense, well, we'll keep doing this until the government, until the economy's back up again. And what's the what's the what's the problem with just pumping out three trillion dollars worth of stimulus package money every few months? Um, and that's just like that thought process. Uh, it just seems like a, a disastrous. Yep. It seems very Greek-like. It seems very like Southern Europe, where, where it's high spending type of governments and things like that. It's very state-centric, very like communistic type centric thinking of, well, it's just the government will take care of the problem. We are right. the government. We're the state. We'll we'll, we'll be the, we'll be the source of people's financial issues. And I just think that is a danger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it certainly is. I mean. Uh Unhindered spending, uh, spending based upon uh, no bank whatsoever. Yeah. Based upon yeah. uh, a desire for means. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it's it's a challenge. There are many questions that we have, and and so to close up her article, um, she says that those who are anxious to open the economy uh, have led harder lives than those who want to keep it closed in general. That. Uh, People who have lived working class lives have seen uh, family members live without health care, for instance, have seen, I mean, look, <laughs> I mentioned that I'm from a coal mining town. Well, look, you are paid a decent wage because men die yeah, regularly. That's why you're paid well. You're putting your life on the line. I mean, I have... Uh, I have a step-grandpa who worked with dynamite for in, in a coal mine for his entire career and still has all of his fingers, which is not necessarily that common mm -hmm. uh, in that particular profession within coal mining. But I have uh, friends who have lost their fathers uh, working in coal mines. I mean, I have a friend who uh, they were going, they're just traveling down in down the shaft, and a rock fell from the ceiling, yeah. hit, it, hit his dad in the chest, and that was it. Uh, his, his life ended right there, wow. um, and 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 so that is very different yeah. than how you might lose your life in you know a stressful uh, stop job in you know in Manhattan. Um, you, you lose your life because of the circumstances that you're working in, mm -hmm. and that's uh, more common than one might think in uh, these labor situations. And so it. It is, you know, I, I really appreciated this quote that she said, whether you want to p call these people um, hard yeah. uh, or do you want to call them tough, yeah. uh, whatever you want to say about them, they've learned to live with the fact that uh, life is difficult. Yeah. You, you do take risks every day mm -hmm. and you cannot shield yourself from them. Yeah. These people are accustomed yep. to not being shielded yep. from risk. And I say this uh, largely in my family as a first-generation white-collar worker who has been able to work from home. It's yeah. just, it's different. Yeah. And um, and so even though she, I mean, and she would openly say she's she's white-collar, she's an opinion class, right, white, but she is, she is, her opinion, I, I believe, is right yeah. about why people who are, in, in the lower class are saying, look, we've got to get back to work. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we've just got to do this. We have yeah. to make our ways yeah. uh, forward to do this. And I think there's been a balance all along that I don't know if, I, I think this has been an unprecedented challenge for governors. And so I think that 
if this were to happen again, even say in the fall, uh, if they have to do any measure of uh, shelter in place orders, look, there is a tightrope that you're walking here. You don't have unlimited right. uh, abilities to just say, guys, just keep on staying at home. Trust me, it's yeah. the best thing. Right. It's not as simple as that. It right. just isn't. Right. And there's so many, there's so many complicated matters to this. You know, if you're, if you're, you're talking about your, your hometown and, and you think about these men who go to the, the mines to work, you know, you know, there's a sense where it's a dangerous job. Yes, they're going to die early, but it's their job, right? This is what they do. They put, in, they do this to take care of their family. There's a certain pride, yeah. right, that you are connected there, yep. uh, and the government giving you check. Don't worry about it. Stay at home. We'll take care of you. It doesn't work. Right. <laughs> like you may think you're doing the best for them. To them, you are. You're basically saying. Um, who you are, what you do, it's not important. You just stay at home. We'll take care of your family yeah. for you. Like that does something to the psyche it does. Yep. of the American yep. mind. Yep. You know, we um, and I think there's a there's a segment there that is ignored because um, there's a sense where that doesn't matter or it's just not even understood. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that is a, almost an issue. And, and I, I like how she you know says at the end, like what you're when you when you call them out as kind of. Um, you know, ignoring the, the issues of COVID, you're basically calling them deplorable people, right? It's what, what, you know, the, the, uh, the words that Hillary Clinton said about Trump supporters, you're deplorable, right? That was, some would argue, it's probably the comment that lost for the election. What, you're, what, what was going on there? She was calling basically blue collar class of America, you're deplorable. You have some issues, and your issues are, are we're not going to listen to them, They're de you're deplorable. When these governors say, I don't care that you want to go back to work, that's not important to us. You don't care about life. You're calling them deplorable. Like you're, you're failing to understand right. the psyche. You're, you're, you're not understanding the issues. Mm -hmm. You're not understanding, like, to them, like, saying just stay at home isn't that simple. Yeah. As we've talked about when it comes, like, they don't have any options. They don't yeah. have health care. Like, maybe you do, the people, like, that your family or uh, yeah. the people that, are, that surround you. And there's just a complete misunderstanding. And those people are the people that governors need to understand, listen to, right. and respond better. Yeah, I mean, it's, going on it, it's a part of the population that mm -hmm. uh, a large that, uh, that often it, it doesn't engage uh, politically uh, too much, doesn't know how to engage uh, politically right. uh, a whole lot other than through certain labor unions and different things over the years, um, but has to be considered, uh, especially in the long term, this has been a significant part of, of who, who are Americans. Uh, and, and we can tie these these two uh, in as well, talking about J.C. Penney going bankrupt as well as Sears in the last yeah. few weeks. So this is the retail sector, yeah. which is a little bit different sector, but certainly hourly wages. Uh, and and I, until you sit with this, I did not realize that J.C. Penney had, has attempted to enter negotiations with lenders for a loan package. And I don't know. I don't. I. I certainly believe there are investors who have a great handle on what the stock market is going to do, but I, if there is an investor that thinks it's a good idea to give $800 million to $1 billion to JCPenney to, to go, yeah, your business model, let's put this back. Because here, here's what my take on, on this uh, right here. Uh, I think that the coronavirus and this lockdown we've all experienced has accelerated the decline of 
some factors, some quarters that were already going to decline. And this is, uh, the big box store is one of these, uh, the department stores. Uh, I think they've been in decline. They were going to be the victim of, um, of the change we've seen in, in economics and, and in shopping where look, when you can go online and have your choice of anybody in the world who's gonna sell you that shirt that you could have bought at Sears, you know, look, uh, that store has not been doing well. My understanding is a store like Sears or JCPenney has been in decline for 40 years now. Right. Um, and so uh, I don't think the business model made a lot of sense uh, as far as what, how is this gonna improve for them? Right. And so this seems to have just accelerated mm -hmm. a trend that was already there. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I think I've noticed so um, Sears, J.C. Penney's, Macy's, uh, Neiman Marcus. I Neiman know. Neiman Marcus in is also um, bankrupt. Uh, filed for bankrupt. Um, mm -hmm. J. Uh, J. Crew has mm -hmm. filed for bankrupt. Um, uh, there's actually an interesting story. Best Buy has done really well during all this. Really. Um, and uh, because they've been able to kind of adjust their business model over the last few years um, and scale down their 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 brick and mortar stores, mm. they, um, they've been able to be kind of prepared for all this, you know, people can go there, buy a computer, and then go to Geek Squad to ask any questions sure, about sure. their computer, they can yeah. take them there, they have an appointment, a lot of their, um, you can go in there and they have like appliances and televisions that you can have someone sit there and kind of explain what you're buying and stuff or what yeah. you're interested in. They've really kind of done really well. I was reading right. how they, they've actually done quite well during all this. Um, and so I think they, it's interesting. Some department stores, it seemed like, have been moving away from their old models and kind of taking on this like more online, mm -hmm. uh, different focus, where other stores have just been slower to evolve. And yeah. as they've been slower to evolve, this has kind of expedited their decline and death. Yeah. 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 So I. You know, more power to them if JCPenney can find someone to finance uh, them. I, I don't see how uh, they will recover yeah. from this, given that, you know, you think about how JCPenney, uh, a store like Old Navy, yeah. has been taking profits from JCPenney oh, sure. ever since this sure. existed, sure. and it's existed for a long time. Yeah. So uh, before, it's uh, the JCPenney is a victim of kind of the last two or three shifts yeah, in the way the economy say, works. You have, yeah, you have mentioned Old Navy, but even Walmart. Right. I mean, Target. Yeah, you know, you, you think about... gets a lot more close from Target than she does JCPenney. Yeah. Um, and I think those stores... I mean, if you can go to Target, you can buy a new bathing suit for the summer, you can buy milk, you can buy uh, a toy for the kids, and you can buy new sheets. It's hard to compete with all of that where JCPenney can maybe sell you sheets, towels, and some clothing, and yeah. some other knickknacks and stuff, but they don't have the grocery aspect, mm -hmm. and they don't have that type of thing, and it's not a big box store that has every option yeah. and everything you could possibly want in one big store. Yeah. It's difficult to compete with that. Yeah. Especially if, like, something like Target, the quality of clothing is probably the same. Yeah. You know, it's hard to distinguish yourself. So, um, yeah, you know, um, I think it's, it's interesting, you know, I know you have on here Nissan. Um, that's where, you know, I, thinking about like 
Nissan, there's a factory, uh, a plant in Tennessee okay. that builds Nissans. And if Nissan were to basically start selling off factories and things like that in the United States, that would hurt a lot of people in Tennessee area. Yeah. But I thought about that. What if Toyota was in the same oh, boat? Man, yeah. What would that this do area, to Evansville? Right. That would kill it. It would, it would dramatically uh, impact Evansville. There are a few large employers still here. Barry yeah. is one. Vectron is one. Um, uh, one main yeah, financial. Sure. Deaconess. And that, Deaconess. That's a very healthy you know, sector. There, yeah, there are, but I mean, Toyota uh, is, I, I would say, the major um, employer. Yeah. Because you have all these subcontractors for Toyota yeah, as well. Exactly. And so, yeah, so that would be a really big deal. me yeah. when I saw the yeah. Nissan, even when I saw the JCPenney stuff. Sure. Because you, you, you can kind of go, well, JCPenney's on a decline forever. But once you kind of like, kind of take that out and go, well, what if this was Toyota? Mm-hmm. You know, and you set that down on the table and people are like, whoa, what would that do to John or Jason or whoever else you know works right. for Toyota? That would be huge, right? Yeah. That would impact an entire city, entire region of people who work there and, and make a fairly good amount of money wage for their family, right. you know, working for Toyota, right? So um, these type of things, while we read about them in the newspaper, we kind of kind of sit back and don't really think about how that connects to people we know. But, you know, uh, for some areas of the country like Nissan, this may impact a large group of people, right. especially in Tennessee. Yeah, so the first principle I think of to take away from here, uh, labor produces leisure. You know, you work hard uh, so that you can play hard. That sure. you, yeah. we need to work. It makes us feel that any rewards we gain should have been had by us. And so this has to be temporary. Any period where we don't work and aren't able to work has to be temporary and we have to get back labor and then uh, you know you and I um, it, it's harder to fit this into a podcast but you and I have been having these conversations the last few weeks about John Locke uh, and uh, and Edmund Burke and basics of conservatism versus uh, liberalism and what's strange is that we've been living in a lot of ways in the world of uh, did I say John Locke Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I meant to say uh, Thomas Paine. Oh, sure. Yeah. Thomas Paine, common sense. Um, and so in the world of Thomas Paine, he says, you know, look, uh, the government's going to need to take care of a lot of things. And look, man, we have, in this last couple of months, everybody in this country has bowed the knee and said, government, yeah, you're going to have to take care of a lot of things. Right. Um, in, in the world that Edmund Burke envisioned, if I understand this right, uh, you would advise your citizenry and then say, but look, you have to make your own decisions. And in a lot of ways, I think that the overall uh, statement that we seem to be making today, you and I, and that it seems that the country's having to make is that we're going to have to now advise the American people and then let them make their decisions mm-hmm. on how to go ahead and come out of this right. rather than, right. rather than it, we've lived in a little bit of a nanny state right. to, that the government will tell you where you can go and where you can't go, and even still to this day in certain states, the government is telling you, sorry, you, you can't go anywhere. You don't need to go anywhere. Trust mm-hmm. us. And that, that is not, uh, that's not ideal in a lot of circumstances. And uh, while I do believe that the government has acted to protect uh, citizens, that one-sided approach uh, 
I hope we can learn that this is a complicated matter and that if, if these things have to be done, it is very dangerous and should be uh, only done for a short amount of time uh, and, and that every leader who has this power, it's a lot of power to tell an entire state, to tell millions of people, listen, just trust me. Yeah. Stay at home for the foreseeable future. Especially in a, in a nation where it's the rights of the people, right? Mm -hmm. like the, the peop it's a, um, a nation established by the people and for the people, right? Yeah. That mindset, um, while, yes, that was stated in the 18th century, it is a part of our ethos. It's a part of who we are as Americans. And so when you are a business owner or you're a, a property owner or you own you have a family, um, yeah. or you're a single mom, single dad, you have your, you're taking care of your, your kids, or even you're just single, right? You, yeah. you're, you're essentially, you're built with this mindset of taking care of yourself, right? Take responsibility for, for yourself. Sure, you'll have family, you'll have friends, they'll help you yeah. when you need help, but there's a sense where you have to take responsibility for yourself. For the, for the, for the government to kind of come in and say, no, 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 we are going to be the ones that take care, takes care of you. There's a huge worldview being pushed against each against each other, and I get the, the small business owner who says, "If I stay closed for another week, I will no longer have a small right. business." Right. Um, and so, um, I've always been taught that in this country, we, if you have a business, you you do your business, right? You 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 make the profit you need, and you use that to support your family and to employ other people. Yeah. And it's created this this massive problem where people can't go and open their business. Right. That that is that's that's so foreign to mm -hmm. everything that Americans stand for and, and kind of grow up knowing and growing up doing. Grow yeah. up. You grow up to work hard. You you work hard for what you what you right. have. You help the people who need help, and you do that. And you support the people in your community. And there's just a huge just kind of war battle of. Uh, you can't do that. You can't. We, we, you're not allowed. If mm -hmm. you go and open your store, we will arrest you, or we mm -hmm. will send you a citation. You're like, what? Do you, but I need to open my business. I, I, I need to work. Um, and even I don't know. We, we're not going to talk about this per se, but even the 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 pay pay for um, the payroll loans that were given out by the government, those things had to be paid when it came it came to payroll. You couldn't mm -hmm. use that money for rent. So yeah, sure, you could pay your employees. But you're going to lose your rent. You're going to lose your store because yeah. you can't pay the landlord because he can't use that money. And so, even that, even when the government provided money for the small business owners, they they made them use it for one particular thing, and they couldn't use it for other aspects of their business. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it has to be ultimately frustrating for yeah. businesses. Oh yeah, right this now. would be yeah. It's a big risk to start a business, and, and this is a hard time uh, to begin it. So before we uh, move uh, from here, this is this has certainly been ground level here in Evansville. Um, uh, I'm not a home accessories guy, but I, I have uh, read today that uh, BJ's uh, Home Accessories, which is a local place that they've had to close. Mm -hmm. um, I know that Chili's here in Evansville has has closed, and, and I thought they I thought they were doing well. My wife and I ate there a lot. Yeah. Um, a, a restaurant that was in a very poor location, um, Steak and Shake, that has closed. Um, and I don't think they've been doing well for a while, but they're in a really bad location. What's the restaurant over here? The Texas uh, So Logan's Roadhouse, Logan. I know, has closed, and uh, next door to it, Old Chicago. Um, and I'm very surprised by Logan's closing. I thought they did a good business. Now, some of this, what's so tough is you can't tell anything from looking at a business how much, uh, how, 
how well they can handle two months of closure. Two months, businesses are not made to have uh, zero income for months at a time. Especially, uh, you know, for instance, my wife and I know uh, one of the uh, owners of one of the businesses in food court here in Eastwood Mall, and they pay about five thousand dollars a month to that's lease big. to lease that. That's a lot. Yeah. And and that's going to be that's pretty tough to yeah. just take ten thousand dollars when. You know, it's not as if those food courts just may always make money hand over fist. I know Chick-fil-A tends to do well in there, but not necessarily all of them. And so that's very difficult uh, to to take that much money going out, um, and, and that pressure comes quickly. And that's true for all of these businesses. If you are, I mentioned how Steak and Shake's in a bad location. Well, this is the thing. If you want to have a good location, you're going to pay a lot. Yeah, sure. Uh, a lot. You know, those rarely are those properties uh, sold. They're often leased. And the owners of those say, this is great. You pay me every month. Yeah. And you know, you're know you doing business, so you've got income, so you can afford to pay me. Uh, and thinking about that food court situation, just $5,000 a month. That, you know, how many uh, how many slices of pizza at that little pizza place does it take so, yeah. just to make uh, just to come yeah. up even? There's an article today. Uh, you know, businesses like Chipotle and Starbucks they don't own those properties. Right. They pay a landlord. Right. So we even think about major, you know, big um, um, corporations like a Starbucks or a McDonald's. Well, McDonald's a little bit different, but mm -hmm. they, you know, like Starbucks or things like that. They 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 have to pay rent just like everyone else does. Right. And so when their profits are down, like they have to pay their rent. So they're probably having to lay off employees, and and this is this is this is what's going on, you know. Yep. And being shut down for two months, you don't make any money. It's not like you have a bunch of money just sitting on the side there. Right. You've saved up. You've been paying employees. You've been buying uh, um, inventory and all right. those other aspects. And or you even want to grow your company because you want to expand it in some ways. It's just you. You can't be out of work or out of business for two months. Right. What a difficult decision. And that one uh, we we did talk about, uh, and we have here just that these companies are trying to. See if they can defer rent or renegotiate. Yeah, renegotiate. And I mean, wow. Um, yeah. You basically are saying, "Hey, I know I agreed to pay you three thousand dollars a month for this property, but you realize I've made zero dollars in the last right. nine weeks. Right. Uh, so two months' rent's pretty hard to come up with yeah. right now. And uh, and I don't know. I don't know what uh, as a as a landowner what I mean these guys are often very entrepreneurial as well and so they're out buying more and more properties right. and this is what happens when you grind an economy to a halt is everybody's uh, goals wherever you were just stop right there and then everybody's going to start tapping the shoulder of the person that they were working with and saying by the way I have no money so all those things I was talking to you about can we just put a hold, put a hold on that yeah. not do that yeah. and uh, wow yeah, and if they have to halt, they <laughs> right, have to halt. Right, and, halt. and yeah. you know, it's like a traffic jam. It's, and it leads uh, to governmental tax revenue. There's a halt there. That's There's right. a halt everywhere up the right. system. And so kind of jumped the gun. I'm sorry, I didn't see that one. No, no, no. No, um, and, I, and I, I had ended up in that same <laughs> realm, too. So we tie all this because all these things are interrelated. Oh, yeah. And um, and, and so it's th – let's get, get to this next story because I had not thought about uh, until I read this you see these issues in the short term, mm -hmm. but it is going to lead to some long-term 
concerns. And in, in a lot of ways, this is not at all a doomsday sort of message. It is just that change is happening. Yep. And in a lot of ways, you and I have been talking about this, like you said, as we've been running this week with the other guys, that um, this may have just accelerated some changes that were already coming. Sure. And so for things like uh, like JCPenney, again, look, this is, there have been all the signs in the world that, that this has been coming. Um, business models have been changing because of the internet. The internet is the major change of our time, as we've talked right. about in, in past podcasts. The internet, that communication revolution, is determining a lot of the things that are happening in short order. And look, what have we just experienced? We have experienced this major push. To answer one question, what can what else can you move to the internet? Can you move every social interaction to the internet? Can you move yeah. more electronic yeah. sales through the internet? Right. How much more can you do through the internet? Right. And in a lot of ways, well, those are things we're already doing, but we've been pushed to do it more, more, yeah. more, and more in the last two months. And I think it, you know it, we should definitely have a, an episode about this. But you know, obviously, while the church isn't a business, right? You know, we want to be clear with that. The church is a is a each individual local church um, is, you know, it has a property that it manages, mm -hmm. uh, it has people that it, it, it serves, yeah. right? Money is, is, is taken in, yes. budgets are made. Uh, this is, and, and the idea of like, we'll just do church online. Uh, I, we, we should have a conversation about that because yes. I have a strong opinion about that. Um, and I think, um, I think it should be stated uh, quite clearly that the church is different than uh, you know a business that can do all its business online. Sure. Um, right. And um, but I, I loved. I thought this article was was really good, and I think I, I'm glad that you mentioned it here because um, I just I, I had to read over that several times. I would read it to my wife like I have to read this to you. Um, of those working in February earning less than forty thousand a year, thirty nine percent had lost. Their job. Oh gosh, yeah. Thirty-nine percent. And you know, I thought about that. I'm like, you know, I bet not many of those people. Um, it's probably not a lot of people in Evansville per se, because again, we haven't been as, as impacted by COVID-19 as as other areas. But you yeah. just think of of all the different places in our country and the people who make basically hourly wage, like mm -hmm. making less than forty thousand dollars a year. Yep. And almost forty percent of them lose their job in a matter yeah. of it, it, that just yes, blows that is my brutal. Mind. That is brutal. absolutely brutal. And and you know to be making uh, less than forty thousand dollars a year means you're living probably in, in a place with a fairly low standard of living. And yeah. so because I can tell you uh, that that for for where I am uh, from, that's uh, that's considered reasonable as far as like if you're making that, then you're you're doing okay. Yeah. Um, but Obviously, in, in a lot of other uh, parts of the country, the standard of living is so high, you would, you know, a house is going to cost you $300,000, period. Like, uh, because they just, look, they, you know, I mean, and like you're saying about Evansville, look, the, it's a manufacturing town. There is a fair amount of money here. And yeah. so it, the, the market is more competitive. You are competing for workers. Yeah. And, and that means that you have to pay those yeah. workers. Well, look, nobody in southern Illinois is competing for workers. Yeah. Uh, there, there is so much more manpower and labor than there is jobs. Yeah, and, and so it's just very different. Um, but to think, uh, speaking of a blue-collar, white-collar divide, 39% lost their jobs. Uh, this That's is just like right now. I mean, this, right. this thing keeps going. That number is not going to go down. Right, the right. Number is going to go. And I love, you know, he wrote that that last low. It's a low wage depression. Right. But this isn't like the Great Depression where like right. Wall Street, you know, collapsed. Right. Guys jumping out of the 
right. out of this, this 10th story or the 20th story right. of, of, a, of a skyscraper in a major, this, this is happening like down in the main street parts of the country. You're talking about Southern Illinois, yep. we're talking about parts of um, oh, sure. um, Kentucky, Kentucky, Western Kentucky, um, you know. All these manufacturing, Pennsylvania, like the Pittsburgh, R Rural Tennessee, for sure, yeah. yeah. All this is where it's hitting hitting hard. Mm -hmm. And um, But it, it, going back to our, our theme is, is the people making the decisions aren't a part of that world. Yep. Yeah, uh, so this is from, uh, what was this, in the Wall Street Journal? Yeah, this, uh, uh, Liam Galliston. Yeah, so heed Powell's call for fiscal stimulus. Uh, so he's basically saying, you know, listen, we have set off uh, a fuse here that we're going to watch work through the rest of the economy yeah. this year. Yeah. And, uh, and I had not uh, thought about this at all. Um, so if you have uh, low-wage depression and this many people losing their jobs, 36 million people applied for unemployment in the last two months. 36 million people of a, in a country of uh, around 310 million or something like that um, applied for unemployment. Uh, those people are not just going to jump off of unemployment when everything does completely open back up. Um, what that means, though, is... Uh, the economy slows and certain sectors are ruled by fear and this is very straightforward uh, hotels airlines restaurants bars movie theaters anything that's like an entertainment or travel well look who have you talked to that in the last two months has gone seems like time for me to get uh, get a trip in right no. no, they know that gas is cheap and that hotels are cheap. They don't want to go. Right. They don't. This has not been the time to do that. And that fear means, well, who's going bowling? Who's going to a movie theater? And not only that, when is the boom going to return to any of these kinds of places? When, when fear makes you go like, well, could you go ahead and just stay in? find something to do, put another Netflix show on, right. uh, watch something else at your house, uh, do something in your backyard. Yeah, that fear's gonna drive you there. And and so that, you know, look, for, for an entertainment-related business, I, I, I right now look at this and go, wow, what would your forecast be? Would you be happy if you did one quarter of the business that you would have typically done? Right. Uh, I, I would think yes. I would think that if you could do one quarter of the business at, at say, a uh, a putt-putt golf course. That's that's about where you could hope to be in a year like this. That's hard. That's that's uh, when you're looking at an enormous sector, which this is, is a huge sector of the economy. That leads to less tax revenue, and that's where he says this is your big concern. So then, lower tax revenue means all of these public sector jobs that people working for the government can't be maintained and they have to be laid off. And then you have government employees laid off, you have private employees laid off, less money in their hands and so you have a continuing recession. Right. Uh, and, and that's the concern right now and so he said, he, that's why his call is that the government should be prepared for more stimulus. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, and we've been talking about stimulus, and I, now, I don't know if, if that is the answer, but I do think this is reasonable that we should all take stock of the fact that, look, uh, something has been started here, and we're not going to work out of it really quickly. 
Yeah, and, and you know, you're wondering, again, what sectors of the economy need to be pumped up? If it's already going to die, mm -hmm. right? If if the way, even like, if we got movie theaters, right? Are we really honestly going to say that as an industry we should keep? Right. Or is that something that should be kind of right. phased out into what it is? Right. Should it be replaced by something else? Yeah. Um, there's a sense where, there's a sense where, I understand stimulating people and, and taking care of them in a short amount of time, but don't make that the only solution to this problem. But there, even when we talk about industries and the economy, there are some things that, you know, we should pump up. Like maybe airlines is something we should probably continue sure. to support, right? Um, because it's a transportation yeah. uh, thing. But when it comes to uh, movie theaters or hotels or these other type of industries, um, is that something we should continue to pump money into? Yeah. Like, and that, that's a question that, again, is above our pay grade. But sure. I think there's a sense where, um, you know, even like J.C. Penney's, like that's an apartment store. That, that can be replaced by something else. Sure. You know, they're dying industries anyways, yeah. right? Um, and so I think that's where governmental, uh, you know, we talk about the, the Federal Reserve or we talk about the Treasury Department or we're talking about Congress or whomever. You know, when people are pleading for money and stimulus money for their for their corporation or industry, mm -hmm. the thought is is that well, is that an industry that we should support, sure. or is it going to die yeah. anyways? You know, um, and I think that's where that's where the formula and the the real like sure. science behind it is is like, you know, uh, I think that's where um, we have to be careful not just a trillion dollars here, trillion dollars here, trillion dollars here. Yeah, that's right. And let's support this, let's support this, let's support this. Right. Almost to kind of pump up and go back to February. Yep. We're not going back to February. JCPenney's right. is gone. These industries are gone. Right. Um, restaurants on, you know, um, restaurant. what's going to happen to restaurants? I don't know. Well, no idea. And I think this, this really, reading a lot of these articles about these matters really did uh, encourage me to go, you know, if you do appreciate a certain restaurant or a certain, you know, look, some people are big movie people. I love to go, people who love to go to the movies. Yeah. If you do and you want to support that, go buy a gift card for that. Uh, even today, you and I uh, grabbed something from a restaurant local here and, and brought it over. Yeah. And if you do appreciate a restaurant, this is a great time to just go ahead and say, you know what? We're going to put this back in our routine. Yep. If you don't feel comfortable sitting there, we'll get it to go yep. and support them because uh, we do need to move more towards normal, and for them, that money is the big difference. Right. It, they get the, the business coming through there, whether you eat in their restaurant or whether you take it with you. Um, and so it's perfectly reasonable to me. I mean, something like the question of movie theaters, I think is a perfectly reasonable question when, I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who are like, I'm gonna go ahead and buy a 65 inch TV. And then yeah. if you have a, a, a surround sound system and a 65 inch TV, then don't look now, but you're pretty close to a theater uh, already, right. uh, you know, you don't have to go and pay that twelve dollars per ticket to see it. You right. got a pretty good situation at home. I mean, when I was a kid, we were watching, you know, a seventeen or a twenty-five inch screen CRT tube, you know, with terrible sound in a big living room. So it was very different to go to a movie theater. But right. I think sometimes about my kids, how they're sitting there and they're watching SpongeBob, and SpongeBob's bigger than them. Right. You know, that was not my experience. Bugs Bunny was like seven inches tall right. when I was a kid. This is very different. Yeah. Um, and so there are there are things that are happening that way. But if you, I mean, th there's part of the argument here that seems we've ended up at, look, funnel that money towards 
consumers themselves and let them make the decisions, exactly. rather than directly supporting right. uh, some of these uh, businesses, because certain ones of these were going away for various reasons. Uh, I think movie theaters are an odd mix of obsolete. Yeah, really. You yeah. know, uh, you're paying a lot of money for a really kind of overblown experience. You know, did we need to have those? You know, thousands of watts of speakers when you can have a really nice experience at your house. Right. And, you know... Uh, and the when, drinks and the popcorn's cheaper. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of, uh, they're, they're financing that through those, yeah, that yeah. overpriced popcorn. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's there. And uh, and so we're, we're in this for, for the long haul. And uh, and we all just need to know that, that, um, that your friends who up to now have had these very steady government jobs, uh, well... It's a big deal. Will this job? Uh, it is not necessarily protected as it might seem. Yeah, I, you know the, the other the other side of this this issue um, is um, is the is the, the big the big corporation. There are, yes, and here we, we make a turn. Yeah. There are some who've done well. Yeah, <laughs> there, there are some who've done well, and I would even say. Um, Behind behind all the the, the 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 smoke and mirrors, it, it seems like this is what we say a low wage depression. This is also a small business depression, yeah. where mom and pops have now been seen as you're dangerous, but Walmart is not dangerous. Yeah, that that right there um, is is a bit odd to me because to me, honest, you know. Going into a small store that's mom and pop is far safer than going to Walmart. Like, right, right. Walmart feels like the Wild Wild West right now, um, where going into a small shop where there's only a few people right. is like the most right. almost relaxing thing in comparison. But that's we're shutting those down. We're keeping the big box open. Mm -hmm. That's a little odd to me. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, Walmart is doing quite well right now. Right. Um, and uh, I would say I know that we don't have this on your on our list, but I was reading that. Uh, major car, uh, co coffee companies, uh, coffee that you can buy at the grocery store mm -hmm. is doing really well. Where like your your local coffee shop right. that you love going to, buying that cup of coffee, they're probably they're right. not doing well, right? Yeah. Uh, so a micro coffee, and also I know, uh, but beer as well. People are buying more of a cheaper, big industry beer like Bush and Bud Light yeah. and and Natural Light. But those kind of microbrew beer companies are you can't buy it right because yeah. that's sold in the grocery store. Right. Uh, I think I saw that maybe sixty percent of microbrew coffee, I mean microbrew beer companies are probably going to close. Oh wow, sixty percent because yep. people are buying going to the grocery store and buying the cheapest thing they can get as much as they can get, right. bringing it home. Right. And so like bigger companies like like a Budweiser or Starbucks, these type of places. Like they're maybe losing a little bit of profit, but they're fine. They're good. They'll they'll survive this. Or actually, maybe even better than before. Right. It's the small business micro yeah. startups. They're the ones that are that are going to fail. Right. And that's that's one of the darkest uh, mm -hmm. sides of all this. Here's some numbers about Walmart. Uh, Walmart sales rose 10 percent in the fiscal quarter that ended there on May 1st. Now. So that's two months of shutdown. Yeah. Uh, you're basically talking about uh, the, the exact two months of the shelter-in-place order plus, say, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, okay, so 
and, and for a store the size of Walmart, for their sales to rise 10%, you realize, I mean, for their for their sales to rise 1%, they would go, well, okay, That's great. Huge. It's like the United States having 1% of economic growth, yeah. 2%. It's you know, it's, it's a big deal. A big uh, deal. So a 10%, and, and you, you need to realize what that means is more and more, they, they've been knocking out competition for years, and they just knocked out a lot Every of day. competition yeah. to get that 10%. Uh, rise and and not only that, that's behind. E-commerce sales rose 74 percent. So people who and I could see this, people who had been accustomed to shopping uh, in the store at Walmart said, well, you know, I mean, I, I'm familiar with certain kinds of uh, shopping online. We'll just work out how we do that with Walmart, and I'll just be one of those people who shifts that direction. Uh, now, uh, some good news as far as what Walmart has done. Uh, the company absorbed $900 million in additional costs related to COVID-19, including rating, raising wages for warehouse workers and pay, paying bonuses to its store staff, uh, hired 235,000 new hourly workers to help his staff uh, the stores. And this is all from, uh, uh, is this also Wall Street Journal by Sarah Nassauer? Uh, says Walmart's mix of open stores and e-commerce pays off in crisis. So yes, uh, $900 million, they had a 10% in, increase after $900 million in additional costs, raising wages for warehouse workers and paying bonuses. You know, I didn't, I hadn't heard that they had paid bonuses. I would have assumed, I would hope, given that there's increased risk for those who have been you working in so, the yeah. stores. And they hired 235,000 new hourly workers and so, and they, they recorded a profit. Global revenue rose 8.6% to $134.62 billion. It's crazy. It is, uh, you know, they're doing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> After starting off there in Arkansas, uh, meager, uh, you know, I, I, one of my favorite comedians says, you know, Walmart used to be mom and pop, so they got their act together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious, well, they're doing quite well. But think about it, though. If, again, if Walmart was where we were when they first started, right. we had this code. Oh, yeah, that's true. They would not be around. That's right. That's right. So those future Walmart stores are going to close. Yep. Yeah, I've know? been to Bentonville, Arkansas, and seen the original. And, um, and I think the favoritism, because I think, I don't know if governors thought about this or made this decision, like, you know, if you when you start giving exceptions, you know, mm -hmm. that's where that's mm -hmm. where the power is, right? Yeah. Who gets to be included in the exception category? Right. Who gets to be included as the essential? Yeah. Right. And so, because the word essential is pretty, uh, it's pretty subjective, right. right? I mean, we could argue that church is pretty essential, yeah. and therefore should be open at all times, and and should not have any restrictions whatsoever. Right. Um, and so, uh, and, and meanwhile, in Minnesota, it looks like the Mall of America is about to open. But meanwhile, churches are still closed. Well, there you go. <laughs> so again, you're, you know, we always talk about like uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, lobbying groups, right? Yep. Uh, Walmart has lobby lobbyists, right? And they probably have lobbyists in, in, in state governments and federal governments, and uh, and these big industries, right? Um, they have a lot of money, they have a lot of power, they have a lot of weight to push around. And mom and pop don't have any weight. There's a lobbying group yeah. for mom and pops and things like that. And um, uh, you know, there's going to be books written at the end of all this that's going to talk about how America turned its back on the small business. I mean, that is going to be the book that the country built on the back of entrepreneurial spirit and skill yeah. and know-how and risk. Yeah. The government turned their back on. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a hard, hard to wiggle out of that kind of conclusion to all this. Yeah. So again, support. 
So your local small businesses support uh, during this time, especially you know if you haven't thought about it in the last couple of months, start now. Yeah. Uh, go in there and buy a gift card, uh, like you talked about. I know you love local coffee shops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these are places that right now would help them a lot to have a big influx of uh, people buying gift cards and and just saying, hey, you know, don't worry, I'll yeah. be in here and, yeah. and and we'll be back. Yeah. So that would be very helpful. So All right. About Elon? Elon Musk. <laughs> Elon Musk. Uh, California has been uh, a bit of a difficult place to be uh, during this time, and, and so uh, the factory, Elon Musk's Tesla factory, and he has a lot of different companies uh, that he is probably uh, working experiments and running through there in California, but he has come out and said that, that he's, he's done looking to move out to Texas or Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there has been a divide uh, in general. Republican governors are more, uh, have been quicker to reopen. Uh, Democratic governors have been slower. And in California, which is a state governed uh, completely, uh, basically, by the Democratic Party, been pretty slow to reopen. And so, uh, he came out with that. I know there's been a discussion between him and the governor, Gavin Newsom, mm-hmm. of uh, California. But in the meantime, what is the response uh, that the Democratic Party is looking to do for a state like California in this time? Matt? Oh, what, what, what uh, I don't know if I understand the... You, 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 you were talking about it earlier. Go ahead. So I didn't see this coming yeah. at all. Um, but So the, these government... Uh, the government's been working from an economic shortfall. There had not been a balanced oh, budget yeah, yeah. for years and years and years and years and years. And didn't know where that was going. Well, yeah. where is it now going? Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about like the, the, the need for almost unlimited stimulus money from the from the federal government to the states, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, um, the, the thought of, of that, it's just this constant like not dealing with your you're from Illinois, right? This is like the the the, the headquarters of mismanaged yes. state <laughs> yes, government. Yes, that's right? true. Uh, yes. And wh- where's it always centered in pensions? Yep. States make bad; they negotiate badly on pensions yep. with the unions. Yep. Well, way back when, yep. and now unable to pay right. IOUs, right? right. Um, and this is not just an Illinois issue; it's a California issue. Yep. It's a New York issue. Um, kind of this. Um, long-term, um, mostly Democratic-run states um, and their connection to the unions and how they deal with pension, right? Yeah. It's been, like, backbreaking. Mm-hmm. And they, these governors never learn their lesson. They never start scaling back. It's almost like this is what it is. We're not going to fix it. We're not going to um, kind of, you know, start cutting the budget and, yeah. and paying down some of this, this, this issue, this debt and stuff. It's, we'll just open this, the federal government's bigot, right? And just allow stimulus money and to come in and come in and come in and never make any like hard decisions. So, and that's what is so disheartening about what happens in, in a lot of these kind of states is just that, okay, so government spending gets out of control, so tax, taxes have to rise. Uh-huh. But this has been the story in Illinois for a long, long time is that, okay, taxes rise, but it's not as if taxes rise and then we balance the budget. Taxes rise and so then spending Continues. Rises even more, right. and we are overtaxing and all and dramatically overspending, and 
what it has ended up doing is these states, and you can look up the numbers, people have been leaving these states for decades now. And that means less people living in the state, which means more taxes on each person that still does live there. And where is this all going? Well, according to this story, uh, this is Daniel Henninger uh, who wrote this. And, uh, and so the, the solution that uh, Nancy Pelosi has proposed and looks like it's going to go on the ticket for Joe Biden's presidency mm -hmm. is, well, why don't we just nationalize California's debt and spending? So yeah. for these states that have been overspending for years, they will tie themselves in get bailed out or a bail-in is what they were calling it in this, and these are all very unclear terms. Mm -hmm. but, but basically what it means is, well, the federal government can just cover the Medicare costs right. of all these states that have been irresponsible in their spending, right. and then you no longer even have a situation where you have to go, oh, wow, California's budget is not balanced. You're like, no, the California's budget is now financed by the federal government, right. and so all these states that have behaved poorly are not just bailed out, they are just tied in. Yeah. And yeah. so you can't get away. Right. So sorry, if you moved away from a state like Illinois to get away from being overtaxed, well, you'll pay it in your federal taxes right. now. exactly. And that's nonsense. That yes, is, is nonsense. And, and, and this, to add in already, this, this presidential cycle that we are gearing up for is, has a, is a headache in so many uh, ways. But this, to, to the, for this to be added to the Biden ticket, I just go, as a person who doesn't particularly like either candidate, I, I just go, Wow, what are we in for in the next six, seven months? Oh yeah, uh, I think yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you're going to get a rise in personal income tax, but also a rise in corporate corporate tax as well. Which here's always the issue: corporations, companies like Tesla or other, they will move their headquarters right. to a, a better tax haven, right. whether it be Ireland or some other country in Europe or Asia. They don't have any issues That's doing right. that, and they can right. still operate and make profit out of the United States. Right. Um, if you don't think businesses will try to find tax uh, loopholes or find some ways to, to lower their tax yeah. their tax burden, they will do so. And especially yeah. right now in this economic climate, they're all they're going to look for uh, ways to move that tax burden. Right. Um, and so states do themselves a disservice. Uh, you know, companies like Tesla. It's so California, right? It, it just screams California, the way that it, it, it is as a company, the way yeah. that it cares about the environment. And for Tesla, to, the, for California to lose Tesla is, that's crazy. Like, yeah. it's, and, and the reason why is they're pushing guys like Elon Musk to the brink where he's like, well, let me open my factory so I can make cars, mm -hmm. right? I, you know, I need to make cars, I need to, to sell right. these cars. Right. That's what I do. I make right. cars. And you're telling me I can't go right. and turn on the button and start making Tesla cars. That you're, there's a kind of a two sides to this. It's like we want car companies like Tesla, right? We want them to help lower our desire for oil, which affects the environment with global warming. Right. But then you won't let them open this factory to make the cars, right? There's right. there's this this kind of contradiction going on, right. and um, you know states just don't think that they're 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 a business in and of themselves. They don't exist without revenue, without right. tax revenue. Right. You're not going to get tax revenue. If if you don't have companies in your state making money. Right. You can't tax them. There's nothing that you can tax. Right. The richer companies are and the richer people are in your state, the more tax revenue you're going right. to get. That's the way that it works. Right. And if people are moving out of your state because it's you're taxing them too much, 
then that you'll you'll not be able to, to pay those pensions or be able to pay those welfare systems you've created, and you have to then rely on external or outside measures, which is the federal government. And, right. and that's that's a shame for for people that live in the state, and it's a shame for us because we pay federal taxes. Right. <laughs> yeah, and and so again, I, I think the takeaway from all of this is that if you like a local business, make sure uh, to support them. Uh, that. Like we've been talking about, uh, actually, uh, this tied together kind of the, the, the flow that I began to feel in my heart, this, this labor produces leisure idea, which is a crucial principle I've actually heard Al Mohler talk about quite a bit, that, uh, that we ought to work hard so that then we do enjoy that relaxation. I mean, this is built in there in Genesis, that you have work and then you have rest, uh, and that that is a part of the flow of life and that you should expect to work hard so that you will then enjoy your rest. And I think there's nothing, uh, that's nothing that we haven't experienced personally, that when you have had a hard day's work, then it is very rewarding at the end of the day to rest. But if you haven't worked, then you don't feel right to rest. And, and so um, we want to get back to there, but we want to help Others who have taken risks in starting businesses to, to go, you know, look, this is a good risk. You run a, you run a good business, so I want to encourage you in it and uh, to begin to get back out there. Uh, and, and, and again, I think that the theme we've, we've had uh, pretty consistently that th this falls under another uh, Christian idea, which is tell the people that you appreciate that you appreciate them. Yeah. Show them. Yeah. Do not assume that they know. Right. Uh, it, is, it is something we all do to each other. Regularly and taking friendships for granted, and taking family relationships for granted, even here and taking business relationships yeah. for granted, it is a service to you. I, I, we live in a town that loves to go out and eat, mm -hmm. and I am sure that people in this town are ready to get back to it. Mm -hmm. And it looks like that some of those options are going to have decreased, um, but it, it is time to get back out to it. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I think kind of maybe my last word uh, is it's really hard for the the the, the low income middle you know, lower to mid, mid, middle class uh, American male right think of the two things that have been taken away from them in the last two months maybe their job but also like their sports right mm -hmm. for a lot of the Illinois people they're getting ready for the Cardinals to start playing right. Yep. Um, and then Southern Illinois Cardinals. In fans, Northern, right? Co Northern Cubs, yeah. Cubs, right? yeah, yeah Cubs fans. But, you know, you think about guys in Evansville, you know, you know they, they love the Cardinals, and that's been taken away. Right. And, and we don't know when that's going to come back. Right. Um, Pacer fans. That doesn't seem like that's going to happen yet. Um, right. And you, you think of sports as kind of the escape, you know, as the leisure. Yeah. You know, while – I know you know you like to run and like to ride your bike and you have other leisures, but for some leisure is sitting right, down, right, opening right. A, a cold beer and watching the Cardinals or watching the Pacers. Like to them, working to get to that point is worth it, right? right? If even that to be taken away, I think is another part of this that again governors need to think: what is the the the, the, the normal people in my state? How, what 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 do we need to do to help them? One is to help them get back to work. Right. The second thing is work with some of these sports leagues to get the sports back yep. up. They, you push them to kind of come up with these scenarios. <laughs> and you know the what the league, the, the league, the uh, the organization that I've heard that has adjusted 
the most quickly and managed to have events regularly is World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, you, uh, you, um, the UFC. Uh, have they as well? NASCAR has come back. Yes, NASCAR has um, made some. And so there's a sense where, um, again, I, get, I understand fear mm -hmm. being an issue here. But um, I think no athletes listening to this, but, but I think this is, is athletes should consider, you know what? I know that we make millions of dollars, and I know there's some there's salary issues we have to figure out, but we need to get this working so okay. that people, like people, the fans, the people who work hard and come home and they just need an escape mm -hmm. from from their work and they need some time of leisure yeah play for them <laughs> you know like play for those people yeah the guys who love watching the cardinals you know the, the ones who love watching the pacers yeah. think of them yeah. and if you okay so maybe you don't make us as much money in your salary this year that's okay. Mm. These guys have supported you, and they're the reason why you make the money you make. If right. those guys didn't watch, you wouldn't be making the money right. you make. Play for them. Yep. You know? Uh, uh, again, I know we need to cut this off, but there's a few golfers that did a charity golf. Right. And it was yep. on television. Right. You know, I don't know if they, I don't think they made a bunch of money off that. Right. But they realized, hey, we need to do this. We need to go play some golf, hit the ball around, and give people something to watch. Yep. That, that in and of itself is a way to, to help. And, and I think governors need to work with leagues, they need to work with owners, they need to work with whomever. And they need to start thinking about these low-income people yep. who have been hit really hard by this. Yep. And that's their, that's their customers. Yep. You know, so, yeah. All right. Well, we hope you all are beginning to think about how to get back to uh, whatever the new normal looks like. Uh, we'll take it day by day and, you know, uh, life is risk, so we take oh, yeah. the risks that we feel that we ought to take. We, we, our lives are in the hands of God. We act, want to be as true to serpents, as innocent as doves. We, yeah. we are not just being uh, foolish, uh, but we just want to live. So, so I hope everybody's doing well, and that you get out there and do it, and we'll be back together soon. All right, see you later.